Hey, do you remember back in middle school, like pre-algebra class, our teacher um, told us to answer all equations, and if we wanted to pass the assignment, we pretty much had to show our work. Now, if you're anything like me, you probably thought, when am I ever going to use any of this in the real world? Like, this is crazy. But contrary to my belief at the time, the process of showing my work is the lesson that really applies to today. See, what I realized is that knowing the answer was not only important, but following the process to get to the answer is what holds the most value. How many times has God shown you something, a vision, an idea, a project, and you pretty you know what you're supposed to do, but it's just unclear as to how you'll get there. Let's turn the page to the first chapter. Show your work. You're listening to Once Upon a Texture. I am Janine, your host. Get ready to hear about my journey of turning a hair tragedy into a beauty business. Each episode, I will tell stories about my past experiences that can help entrepreneurs like you and me to navigate through adversity with faith and finesse today. Once upon a texture, I was a young black girl attending an HBCU, the Winston-Salem State University in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. You know, it's interesting because my senior year of high school, I I didn't really know, you know, what I was going to do, but I knew I was going to college. That was a no-brainer. I had to. My grandmother was an educator. Going to college meant something to her. I knew I had to bust my butt, and my parents had shared with me their experiences with going to HBCU, so I rightfully knew that that was the next step for me. It felt right. But what would I do when I got there? And one big thing that I I felt when I was in my senior year was that I didn't want to be a number. You know, there were all of these, you know, different stories in magazines and articles. I read so much because I wanted to be well informed when I made my decision about going to college. And one thing that was really big and still big today is not becoming a number, you know, wanting people to know your name, know your purpose, making a mark in history. One of my biggest goals in life is to be a part of black history, to have my grandchildren read about me in a history book somewhere, you know, being inspired by the people that we read about in black history is big for me. But how much bigger would it be if other black young girls and young boys could see someone like me be something great be something bigger than myself than than I can even see right now today so going to historically black college university I felt like was the first step to making that happen and so I knew that I would major in business I also wanted to major in psychology but I really didn't know how that would play out in a career how that would fare well so I applied to many universities and I got into almost every university that I applied for. 
But the one, one letter that I was looking for came a little bit late, but it came was the acceptance letter from Winston-Salem State University. And when I got that, it was on. I felt like I had stepped on that campus even though I never took a tour. Everything that I learned about that university, I read, I researched. And, and that was my next step. This young girl from Virginia Beach, Virginia, heading down to North Carolina to start a new life and to make black history. That's the only thing that I had on my mind. And literally, I stepped on the campus of WSSU and I could just feel the energy you know like it was just like a thumping in my chest I knew that this was the breeding ground of something great and I didn't know what it was gonna be but I felt like it was going to be right there and I stepped on that campus in front of Atkins Hall <laughs> and anybody that went to Winston-Salem State University <laughs> and they know anything about Atkins Hall, you know, it <laughs> it's an experience for sure. <laughs> it took some adjusting to realize <laughs> this is where I was. But everything that I learned in that hall helped me to be who I am today. That was the first place where I found me and I will never forget it in my dorm room room 601 on the sixth floor the top floor the penthouse of Atkins Hall okay that was me (laughs) I was there (laughs) I laugh about it now but I did not understand it when I was in college so literally I'm in the orientation group, you know, really trying to figure out what have I just done? I have just entered a different stage in my life. I'm not with my parents. I'm not with my close friends. I'm not with my siblings. I'm literally here by myself. And to be honest, I grew up in the church. I knew who God was, but did I really have a relationship with him? No, not at all. You know, I sang in the choir. I was on the usher board. I was a praise dancer. I knew who God was. I knew what Jesus did for me. I knew why I lived and breathed. I knew who woke me up every single morning. And I was grateful for that. But to actually have a relationship, I feel like my mother carried it for me. And it wasn't until I got to college that I really had to seek him. I had to find who I was through him. He had to help me discover who I was. And I didn't get it. The one thing that I did know was that I knew how to put myself together well. Uh, My hair was like my everything, okay? My hair had to be on point. I would change my hair just as often as I brushed my teeth, changed my underwear, and that was like every day, sometimes twice a day, if it needed to be changed. So my hair was like something that I just, I worshipped. And, and you know, that was probably not... The best thing, but I learned from it, which you'll later learn how much I learned. But in the moment of being a freshman at an HBCU, trying to figure out who I am, realizing that all I have with me now is just God and, you know, realizing that that was all that I needed to get through the next four years of my life. I feel I still had that feeling of I don't want to be a statistic. I don't want to be a number. I want to be somebody on this campus that makes a difference. 
And whatever that is, God, show me. Show me how I can do that. Because I don't even know what that means. I just know that it's something. And lo and behold, you know, I'm on my way to um, one of my orientation days. I can't remember what we did on, you know, this specific day. I wish I would have journaled more in college. But I remember seeing uh, what's on many uh, campuses of HBCUs, which was a royal court. And they came through. I just remember them having on all red, these red pumps, red lipstick, the queens of the university, these gentlemen holding their arms with such confidence. And it was in that moment that I was like, man, they are truly royalty, though. The confidence that they have, I hope to exude that. I hope to show that when I am just, you know, being me every single day. That is... That is what I would like to see in myself on the days that I can't see it. And I don't really know that I saw myself in that way. I didn't see the confidence that I saw just from a glimpse of watching, walking, watching them <laughs> pass me by. And so every queen and king had on a, a sash with their their title on it, you know, Miss Winston, Salem State University, Miss Senior, Miss Junior, Miss Sophomore. And I'm like, wait, where is, where is Miss Freshman? And it dawned on me, wait, I'm, I'm in the freshman class. Are they, are they going to choose a a Miss Freshman? Is there an opportunity there? So I'm talking to my, um, (laughs) my legacy leader. Hey, Victor Cobb, you know, he was really cool. He honestly gave me the first real introduction to the university and so he says um you know you have to apply and I'm like apply how do I what what is what is this you know what do I just do I'm sure that there's more to it than just putting on some red lipstick and <laughs> some red pumps you know what is the requirement what is the responsibility because I don't want to you know be in that lineup and screw it up you know I don't want to be the screw up I want to <laughs> Be just as confident. I want to have everything in place. Show me what I have to do. And he said, literally, all you have to do is just be yourself. You know, whatever that means, just be yourself. You know, there's a couple of things that you have to do as far as giving back to the community, being the face of the class, you know, showing respect, being a leader. There are so many things that go into it. But I I feel that, you know, you're outspoken when you're within the group. I feel that you can do it. And he had this confidence about me doing it that I didn't see. I just, I was curious, but I didn't really, I didn't really know all that I was preparing myself for. So I never campaigned for anything in high school, wasn't homecoming queen or anything like that. But I felt like, you know, I, I think I can do this. There was just something about wanting to learn more about this opportunity that I just said, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try this out. I'm going to give it a whirl. And if I fail miserably, at least I am taking a step to making that history that I said I was going to do. And so I go back to Atkins Hall. I brainstorm. I'm trying to figure out everything I have to do. I picked up an application packet. I'm reading through it. I'm trying to figure out if I have, you know, everything that's lined up and if I don't, what I need to do. And so I begin, I begin campaigning. I reach out to the girls in my dorm. Uh, One of the girls, 
God rest her soul, Anita Green, she came up to me and, you know, she basically said, I don't know you, but I'm going to be your campaign manager and you're going to win. She was the first person to tell me that. God must have sent her my way because I didn't even really, I didn't know a thing about campaigning for anything. So for her to say I'm going to be a campaign manager, I'm like, well, thank you, Lord, because I didn't even know this was needed. But she took the wheel and ran with it. I mean, this girl was on fire for me. And I hadn't even, I didn't even really know. I didn't, I don't even think I knew her last name. It was just like, she was like ready to go all team Janine all day, ready to go. And so I just, the energy that she had, that she shared with others when she asked them to vote for me, she gave me my <laughs> campaign slogan, vote Janine as your queen. I'm like, whoa, that rhymes. Totally cool. Let's do it. We're handing out flyers. You know, I made my own flyer. We're handing them out. We're at pet rallies. We're doing everything to campaign, you know, Queen Janine. And oh my goodness, you know, I just remember being in class and this guy turned around and he said, Once Upon a Texture, we'll be right back after this. Have you ever just found like the perfect outfit? And then the moment you were getting ready to put everything together, you realized you didn't have the jewelry for it. Oh my goodness, what do you do now? It's simple. All you have to do is rely on Jewels by Marcel. Jewels by Marcel is a high fashion jewelry boutique where you can find the jewels that are just as rare as you. All you need to do is go to jewelsbymarcel.com. That's jewelsbymarcel.com. And you can find the jewels that match your style. Once Upon a Texture starts back right now. did it you won and I'm like wait what <laughs> what I did what I won it was it was unreal in my campaign I had to give a speech and I remember sitting in my dorm room writing this speech out putting everything together it was in that moment that I felt like even if I were going to lose the race, I felt like I'd won because I came to this university, not even within two weeks of being at the university, stood up in front of a group of people, demanded their attention, requested that I earn their trust as a leader on this new campus, new atmosphere with confidence. So when the guy turned around and told me that I won, it's like, all the insecurities flooded my mind. One of the things as I share with you that I worshiped about myself was my hair. It's like, even if everything else in the world was wrong, if my hair was right, I was right. And at the time I was in the process of being confident with my natural hair, was not confident with it at all. I cut off the, uh, the ends of my hair so that I could be fully natural. I just hadn't fully embraced it just yet. So, I'm in this new role. I'm realizing that everybody that is 
uh, on the royal court, all the queens, their hair is chemically straightened. It's relaxed. They have relaxers. That was when I realized, well, wait, my hair is going to have to look like theirs. I just went through a process in high school of getting my hair to be natural, of transitioning. I'm not trying to go back. I don't want to do it. I'm not feeling it. I, I can't. And it just got to a point where, you know, every time we would do an event, my hair was the topic of discussion. You got to do something about that hair. You got to do something about that hair. Not that hair again. Really that hair. It's like I was, I was in a a limelight and I had to look a certain way to have this position and I asked my mom you know just do it you know just relax it and I wanted to be it so badly and because I didn't really know me you know I said you know what forget it I'll give in I went home for Thanksgiving break and she's like what you really want to do this after everything you just went through and I'm like mama I have to do it I want this position. She was not okay with doing it, but she did. She relaxed it. I went back to school and I didn't get a touch up. I realized I needed one. And, you know, I go to one of my uh, peers on my floor at the penthouse. And I asked this young lady, since she's doing other people's hair, you know, can you, <laughs> can you touch up my hair? And she's like, sure, I can give you a touch up. Just make sure everything that you need and I, I I go to the store I get everything that I need so that she can give me a touch-up and you just have to brace yourself for what happens next here's what you should take away from today's chapter show your work Mandy Hale author of you are enough heartbreak healing and becoming whole quoted God knows what you're ready for. He knows what your arms are able to carry. He knows what your heart can contain. He knows what's coming. And he knows how and when to prepare you for it. He knows the right time, the right place, the right person, the right answer. He knows so you don't have to. So three things to remember about today's story. If you remember anything about math class, you know that there is more than one way to get to the answer. So the first thing you should do is to commit to your process. It doesn't matter what the person next to you is doing. Just commit to you and knowing what you are doing. Commit to the process of getting to the answer. Next, see yourself arriving at the answer because you're going to get there eventually. But let your vision of seeing yourself have that strong finish give you the hope so that you can push to the end. And lastly, keep your head in the game. You know from doing math homework or any homework when you were younger, there were so many distractions, music, snacks, friends outside, people calling and texting you, asking you when you'll be able to talk. But knowing that you needed to get to the answer, you needed to finish your process, um, complete your homework. And you know, that was the, the main goal. So you had to you know, stay focused so that you could finish. So keep your head in the game in your process as well. And when you get a chance, read Jeremiah 29 and 11 and let this keep your spirits lifted until the next chapter. Thanks for listening to Once Upon a Texture. I am Janine and I cannot wait 
to turn the page to the next chapter with you. Until then, share this episode with your family and friends. They can listen in on any platform that plays podcasts. I'm looking forward to sharing the next story with you, my friend. Bye.